What's up going on? My shit fits. This is your host, Rafael Majewski, and this is another compilation episode. And I'm excited to bring these three episodes back into the light. Because as you know, what I mentioned before, a lot of my older episodes are not accessible on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast because it like just stops you at 70 or 80. I can't remember what it was. So these three are specifically about mental health, giving you the grace that it's okay to fuck up and being able to be vulnerable. I feel like these three things tend to get overlooked um, or bypassed so easily. But these are the things that matter the most when you're looking for personal growth and This is the bigger picture stuff that I always talk about. Like, this is what people need to understand that weight loss is not a math equation of, you know, two plus two equals four. There's so much more to it. It's rooted into so many different things. And that's why I speak, you know, my truth when it comes to fitness and health because I've been through it. I've gone through the whole weight loss thing and before successful weight loss happened to me, I struggled so much. And just exploring these ideas of talking about mental health and giving yourself some grace and being vulnerable with yourself are huge when it comes to long-term success. So I'm really excited to bring these three episodes. So without further ado, here we go. Today what I want to talk about is mental health. I personally think it is something that's not, you know, spoken about, written about, or anything like that in my industry enough. You know, I've seen a couple articles and blogs posted, but, you know, there's not enough about it. You know, everyone talks about fat loss and the best way to deadlift or here's a new core exercise. Like, all those things are great, but, you know, what's, what's going on deep inside you? Right, so I've always been fascinated about what's going through a client's mind when they're having difficulty with weight loss. And it's not because, oh, I don't know what to cook. Oh, I don't know how to, you know, do a fat loss program. Oh, I don't know. It's usually not so surfaced. It's something that's deeper. And I think every good coach knows this. That, you know, when a client, you you, you give them homework to focus on eating more vegetables, for example. And, you know, you're coaching them and you see they're struggling with it. You know, one day they're doing it. The other days they're not doing it. And then you ask them, like, oh, what's what's going on? And they tell you, you know, well, I I just don't feel motivated enough. And then, you know, if you guys listen to my motivation um, episode where it's actually a feeling and it's not just a thing this makes sense so they're not feeling motivated well why aren't they feeling motivated what's going on in their life you know is it their work life like what's going on there and you almost have to unveil what's going on in the client's mind and this is where you know coaches kind of go too far into you know the realm of being the therapist and I think as coaches, we need to be better equipped on 
these types of topics and things because it happens every day. You know, clients come to you for help with weight loss, but we all know that a simple of, it's not simply just eat better and move more. There's other factors that play in like sleep and what actually happens outside of the gym that you don't see them in the hour. And mental health is one of them. Like what's happening in your client's life or the people listening that are just fitness enthusiasts, what is happening in your life right now that might not be helping you reach your goal? And I'm not saying that, you know, health has to be number one no matter what. Like, you need to be okay inside your head before you can do anything. So I wanted to give an example of my own personal struggle. And I can't remember... You know, this could have been three or four weeks ago when this happened. I was going through a rough patch in my life. I felt hopeless. I felt like I had no I had no pleasure in my day-to-day life. I hated waking up. I didn't want to do anything. And the one thing that I always look forward to is going to the gym and lifting some heavy shit. And this was the first time in my life where I'm like, I don't feel like doing that anymore. And then when that happened and when that when I realized that I was like holy fuck like there is something going on with me. Because usually I wake up in the morning I'm like fuck yeah I'm going to go deadlift today. Whereas a client wakes up and they're like oh shit I need to go to the gym but then they end up going to the gym they see you know me and they're like okay it's not that bad because Raf's here and we're going to like chat it out and we'll have a good time. So for a trainer to not find pleasure in working out anymore, I was like, damn, like there's something going on. And I was trying to like figure out what else was going on. So I, I was also looking at other, I want to call them symptoms, but other like clues to see if there was actually something mentally wrong with me. And I found that it was really hard to like focus on simple things it was really hard to concentrate like i remember the one of the worst days for me i i couldn't even function like i when i was driving to work when i got home and i remembered what just happened in my commute i actually went through two intersections on a red light i don't know how i did not get like t-boned or into a car accident and i was like holy shit like there's something i i just and then when I remembered that, that, that ha- I was having such a bad day, everything felt like it was closing in on me. I was so irritable. My wife was like, what is going on with you? Because I don't know if you guys could tell just by my podcast interviews, but I'm a really happy person. Like I'm always in a good mood. And when I, I can tell when other people are, are in a bad mood and I like, there's something in me that I just have to get that person feeling better. And I think that's why I'm a good coach is because people come in with their struggles and I'm like, I am here to help you as much as possible and I want you to get through this and I'm gonna take you step by step to do so. So my wife was like, what is going on with you? And I was like, I just don't know. And you know, there, there was a lot of stuff that I've been going through the last couple weeks and it was all kind of just adding up, piling up, piling up, piling up and it just like, it just exploded on me and I was like fuck what is going on and you know like I actually like searched up like my symptoms 
and they all lead to signs of depression and i'm like holy fuck i'm depressed like how did this happen to me and there was a few factors you know like i work a lot i'm really really motivated to build my online business build my in-person build business and just overall helping as many people as possible because as i look at it my main goal is to build my business my business is able to expand and reach more people i want to help as many people as possible out there so this is why i'm so so motivated to do so so i end up working like 16 hour days in order to reach my goals and then you combine that with other factors in my life that were happening it just it was just too much it was like i didn't take time to focus on my mental health and i really really regret it and you know some people think it's taboo to talk about what's going on inside them what's going on in their life but really like we spend money on coaches in every aspect in our life but our mental health why is it such a big deal to not talk about our mental health you have to almost keep it quiet you know people don't go around like oh i just hired this new therapist and like she's great no you never hear people talk about stuff like that you always hear about oh yeah i just hired this new trainer he's awesome because he makes me do burpees and sweat a lot no you don't hear people saying oh man yeah yesterday at my session with my therapist we got through some awesome stuff you know i cried a little bit whatever like no you don't hear about that i don't understand why people feel ashamed or you know embarrassed that they hired a therapist to work through some shit like i'm still like i said this on my show before like i'm still that's one of the things i really want to do and it really seems kind of stupid for me to say that i haven't had the time to do so but you know that's what a client would say i just haven't made it a priority in my life but it's on my list and i'm going to do it one of these days to work out my shit but you know i i hit a point i was like holy crap like i'm depressed like i need to do something about it and there's a couple things that i've read i've learned over the years and you need to almost audit your life what are the things that are making you miserable right now and this will lead into fitness at the end don't worry but right right like right now to really think about what's going on in your life that's causing you stress like bad stress that's making you feel miserable that makes you feel like it's not a fuck yes i get to do this and it's just like yeah i have to do this you know auditing your inner circle is a term that gary vaynerchuk always uses think about the five people you spend the most time with that is the sum of you so those five people think about how much they make per year that is going to be the sum the average of those five people will be the average how much you make per year those same five people will be the average of your relationships are they all married are they all divorced are they seeing someone or not serious blah 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 you can the list can go on but that is going to be the average of you the five people you hang out with the most is the average of you and i think john spencer ellis said this on my show way way back last year 
you know, I can't remember who came up with this, you know, analogy, but it's true if you really think about it. Now, think about if any of those people are causing you to be miserable. Why are you hanging hanging on to them? You know, it's kind of like the analogy of a high school relationship when, you know, obviously the guy or the girl wants to break up, but they can't do it because it's not that simple. You know, they're almost just staying in the relationship just because. And it's silly to think about that. So that's one thing that you really need to dig down deep. And this could also be, you know, a work thing. Like, is your work that you're doing right now really making you happy? Or is it just, you know, something to do in order to get a paycheck? Why do you have to stay in something for so long that causes you no happiness whatsoever and day in day out you're like a zombie going to work and you're like oh my god I can't wait for the weekend why not have a job where you know you enjoy actually going there you enjoy the people there I know this is all easier said than done but what if you made it your prime focus to be happy like really think about that first what if rather than thinking like oh i need to get this done from this deadline oh i need to do this blah 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 i need to do this i need to do this and that why not think about life actually this this is getting deep i don't i did not think i was going to get this like by the way when i do these solo podcasts i am not at all like here are the points I want to go through. I wrote down some notes. No, I'm just going off the top of my head. So going back to feeling happy. Think about if your purpose in life right now is just to make yourself happy. What are the things that you need to change right now to do so? And this will help your mental health. So if you're at all feeling sad or down, depressed or whatever, focus on one or two things that you can change right now that will make you happy. What if it was spending an extra hour with your kids at home rather than working on stuff that doesn't really need to be done for tomorrow what if it's you know spending a little bit more time with your pet like your dog like i love my dog to pieces and sometimes i catch myself where i'm working 16 hour days i'm like i haven't even cuddled with my my dog misty and i'm like you know fuck this i'm closing my laptop i'm gonna go over and like hug the crap out of her until she gets annoyed and growls at me, right? And this goes straight back into this whole fitness thing. If you're feeling depressed, sad, low, what kind of success rate do you think you're going to have going into the gym, making all your meals, and living the so-called healthy life? That's probably not going to happen, is it? You need to start with yourself inside what's going on to make sure your brain's right, your mind's right, and whatever you're thinking is on point with what you want to achieve in your life. And the moment you can do that, man, like you can achieve so much. And I'm just going to end it right there and hopefully that gave you some insight on why mental health is so important when it comes to your success in weight loss or really anything in life you know figure out yourself figure out what you want to achieve and then the limit like there's no limit 
There's no limit to what you can do. And I really, really hope if there's anyone struggling out there with depression or any other kind of mental issue, like reach out. You don't know how much power there is if you just talk to somebody. They don't even have to be a therapist. Like imagine if you had a friend that would just like open their minds and hearts to what you have to say and then you let all that out, how much better you'll feel. You don't know the power of someone just listening. And you know what? If that doesn't work, that's okay. Go down the route and find a therapist. Like, if you're an introvert like I am, fuck, email me. I don't care. Reach out to me on Facebook, and I'm glad to be like, hey, totally get it. Just chat it out. Like, I'm here for you guys. And anyone that's struggling, like, just reach out. Hopefully you guys got something out of this. I just rambled for close to 20 minutes on a topic that I didn't think I was going to have anything to say, but here we are, and I just put that together. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope I you know, broke through some barriers for you guys, and until next time, you guys, see you soon. And rant a little bit, kind of go off topic, and... Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. So I just want to bring up uh, one of my videos I just posted. And, you know, I got a lot of good traction on it. And a lot of people commented that, you know, this was one of my best videos. You know, I really connected to the client and really showed my vulnerability. And if you haven't seen the video, I will link it into the show notes in this episode so you can watch it. But... You know, to summarize what I was talking about is, you know, I titled the video, I Fucked Up. And I think that's what kind of grabbed a lot of attention of people. And what I was talking about is, you know, for the first time in a while, uh, I haven't gone and worked out for about three weeks. And for most people trying to, you know, lose weight, gain muscle, whatever their goal is, you know, taking time off the gym for three weeks is probably gonna put them into a bad habit of not wanting to go back to the gym. Um, So to kind of give you a little background, um, I went to Europe for a while. I went to London, Dublin, and Poland, which is my home country, to kind of see where I came from and just explore it. And You know, for 10 days I was gone and there was no way for me to work out. There absolutely no, like there was no time because I jam-packed as much as I could see in those countries as possible and the only downtime I had was basically eat dinner and then go to sleep and do the same thing the next day and explore the cities. So even the week leading up to um, the trip, I uh, pulled my neck from waking up, which is like the most embarrassing thing ever. It's like, oh, why can't you work out today? It's like, oh, I went to sleep and now my neck is fucked. Um, So I wasn't able to work out the week prior to my trip. And when I came back from my trip, you know, I was transitioning into my new gym space. I maybe got in one workout. I was still, still like trying to, you know, get my shit together and prep for my new gym and prep my clients, programs, social media, like everything. And, 
you know, when I came back and I'm finally just getting into the rhythm again, I realized I'm like, oh shit, it's been like three weeks since I've literally worked out the last time I was here. So I was just thinking about, you know, if a client went through the same thing I did, you know, they'll probably think like, oh man, I'm such a failure. Um, Oh man, I can't believe I waited this long. You know, what's another week? What's another month that it's not going to make a difference if I go back and try to do what I did before. I'm going to be too sore. I don't want to do that to myself, blah, 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 blah. You can, you know, make a whole list of what cl- a client or someone trying to lose weight would say in their mind. And I made this video to kind of show to people that are on this quest for weight loss that, you know, fucking up is part of the journey. I don't know how this all started that, you know, when you're trying to lose weight, everything has to be perfect. Like everything has to be linear that, you know, step one through step 10, you have to do this and this and this to progress. And it's, you know, by step 10, you're successful, you lost 30 pounds, whatever it is, and boom, it's done. But a lot of people tend to forget that, you know, being a perfectionist or perfectionism in general doesn't necessarily lead to no success it has its downfalls right so someone who's a perfectionist that wants to start their weight loss journey they're probably thinking to themselves like you know i'm gonna go to the gym when i'm fitter right like you probably heard that saying before or maybe you've even thought of it like you know i'm gonna go to the gym when i'm ready when i'm fit enough you know like that it doesn't make sense to me that doesn't like because if you're a perfectionist that's how you're gonna think that, you know, I'm going to go to the gym and touch the weights when I'm a little bit more fitter. So I'm going to, you know, do stuff around the house or go for a walk. And we all know that that usually never happens. So eventually, say you end up going to the gym because you're finally fitter. And, you know, you're hoping to do X, Y, and Z, lose 40 pounds. And you place this plan ahead of you. And then something happens in your life that you can't go to the gym. Now it's over. Like that, say that one week you missed the gym you're probably going to fall into a spiral of, oh, you know, now because I missed a week, it's not going to be the same. You know, I have this thing and I got to do this. I got to do that. And everything kind of just falls apart. So the thing I try to, you know, get after my clients and on my online clients is to teach them that failure is part of your success. So I use this term called the safety net. And I don't think I've actually really explained this to my clients. I just do it without them knowing. So the moment I start coaching somebody, I want to develop a safety net around them that if anything happens to them, they know they're going to be okay. So an example like this is, you know, I had a client that I'm training online that, you know, she likes to emotionally eat. And, you know, I check in with my clients every single day through email. And, you know, one day I just typed a quick email. I'm like, hey, how's it going? What's going on? Like, how's your eating today? How would, how did the gym go? Like, is there anything you want to update me on? And she replies back that, you know, she feels really bad. She feels really guilty. And, you know, she had like two slices of pizza for lunch where she knows she should have had, 
her prepped meals that she really wanted pizza and then she ate it and then she feels really bad and she feels like all of everything she worked up to just like diminished and I'm like awesome she's like what do you mean awesome I'm like that's fucking awesome that you screwed up that's fucking awesome and she was like almost confused she's like what do you what do you mean like aren't you mad at me and it's so strange that clients think that if they're not perfect and they do something that the coach doesn't want them to, they're a complete failure. And then when they present failure to me, I celebrate it. I'm like, F yeah, you did it. You fell on your face. You tripped. You scraped your knee. That's awesome. And then they get this confused look and thought pattern like, well, what's going on here? I thought you're going to be mad at me. I thought, you know, the whole world's going to end. And I'm like, no. So this is the safety net. I create this net that for anything that goes wrong, they're going to know that it's going to be okay. It takes a little while because it's practice. And sometimes, you know, a client will tell me like, hey, you know, I want to do this cleanse. And I know all the coaches listening are like, oh my God, fucking cleanses, diets, detoxes, that's so stupid. But for me, like if you've been listening to my podcast, I've been a little, like I think a little bit different about it because like, you know, a client takes the time to learn about a new diet or cleanse or whatever it is, and, you know, they set their mind like, I want to change my eating, I want to do this thing, and they tell me, and I'm like, perfect, let's do it. Even though that I know most likely they're going to fail miserably at it, I want them to fail and, like, cancel out things that didn't work. So the moment they fail in a cleanse, diet, detox, or whatever stupid thing that they found online, I'll ask them, like, what went right, what went wrong, what did you not like, and what did you do did like? And then they're like, oh, I thought you would, you know, be mad at me or something. I'm like, no, like, this is all information. You're adding more information, more pieces to the puzzle to see how you work the best. So then, you know, they start answering all those questions, and they're like, you know what, this worked really well for me, but X, Y, and Z didn't work, so maybe we can just do this, and then add whatever you think is good. So anything that your clients do, or if you're a person that's trying to lose weight, anything you come across of, think of your body as almost like an experiment. Think of, you know, you know, I've heard that this cleanse loses 20 pounds in the first week. I'm going to try to see if it actually works. And if it actually works and you keep with it, like awesome. If you fail at it, whatever. So going back to my original point that, you know, building a safety net that everything's going to be okay even if you fail is a huge, huge win for yourself and if you're a coach with clients. So, you know, now when I have my online clients um, kind of get used to the idea that failure is part of their success because now you're canceling out things that don't work and you basically lead them to the way you want them coached. Because we all know as coaches that, you know, everybody should be drinking this much of water. They should be eating vegetables. They should be eating lean meat and blah, 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 blah. But it's kind of hard to just tell your clients do this and then have them do it. They almost have to go in like a giant circle 
fail at something, go back, recycle what information they had, start using it, they see progression, and then they go back down in the circle. And it's called like the recycling method, right? That you see them progress, they hit a bump, they go back down, they recycle the information they were using before, and they're like, oh, this is working. And it kind of just loops over and over and over and over again until you cancel out all the stupid crap out there and you basically just lead them right towards where they should be. And they're like, oh, okay, this is how it works. So, you know, getting across that message of, hey, if you fuck up, perfect. Tell me about it. I want to know. I want to know what you were thinking. I want to know what happened. And let's figure out where to go from there. So now that you've took in, taken this like pressure off your client or, you know, if you're a person who's trying to lose weight, if you know deep down if you, you know, you made this New Year's resolution to start eating clean and lose 10 pounds and you know the first week you're awesome then you go to your friend's house and you had a slice of cheesecake you don't need to feel guilty because now you know that hey i fucked up by eating a cheesecake it's okay it's not gonna affect me and another way i put this into clients that so that example i had earlier of my client having two slices of pizza and felt like everything was going down to shit i was like okay well let's look at your habits so for all of you guys who don't know how I coach nutrition, I coach by habits. So I brought up her habit sheet and I'm like, you've done, you know, these four habits that you've never done in your life. You drink more water, you're eating protein at breakfast and lunch, and you're working out three days a week. And I can't remember what the fourth one was at the top of my head right now, but I'm like, you've never done those in your life until we started coaching together. Do you really think that two slices of pizza one day a week is going to undo all of that in the last five months. She was like, no, there you go. Like, that's not a big deal. So creating the safety net for yourself and for your clients is going to be a huge win. And it's going to make you and your clients think a little bit differently when it comes to diet and exercise, essentially, you know, the word diet just seems like so restricted, but if you have nutrition coaching where it allows you to make mistakes and then you know it's not going to affect the long-term result, then you can do anything. So for all of the people out there that are trying to lose weight and you feel like you screwed up because you skipped a meal, you had a chocolate bar, you didn't work out today, you didn't work out the for a week or anything that you feel like would not progress you to your goal it's okay as long as you just show up when you get a chance to do your best you know it only becomes an issue when you don't show up after your mistake you know i kind of look at it like the people that say they forget to go to the gym on monday they're like oh i'll go on wednesday And this is your chance to kind of redeem yourself, right? And then the people are like, oh, I already missed a gym on Monday. I won't go Wednesday. I'll start fresh on on the following Monday. That's kind of like if you had to compare it to, I don't know, resolving a conflict at work. Like you're avoiding it constantly. And then every week that goes by that you don't, I don't know, say talk to your boss that you need a day off because you're so stressed out, it just gets worse and worse and worse. So if you kind of look at it that way, all you're doing 
to give yourself a second chance is just proving to yourself that you can take on this conflict. And I know it's easier than said than done, but it's a skill to develop. Um, so hopefully that kind of made sense. I've been rambling on about it, but to summarize, build a safety net around you, knowing that if you fuck up, it's going to be okay. The next day is a new day. Crush that day and you will be successful. And today what I want to get into is a topic that actually was brought up to me from Alan Cosgrove that I interviewed last Thursday. And I think the way I structured my question to him was, you know, is it important for a coach to, um, you know, have enough empathy for clients to understand them to a point where they can get them successful? And if that coach needs some sort of, you know, life experience to mimic what the client's going through. And, you know, the typical um, example I give is, you know, a lot of coaches get into this industry as, you know, their college career as a athlete didn't work out. So they're like, oh, I'm going to go train people. They hope to train pro athletes, but they end up, you know, training general population. And there's some sort of disconnect between client and trainer. Trainer gets frustrated and it goes into that whole rabbit hole of, I want to fire a client. But again, there's a lot of coaches out there that are in that category, but they can connect to clients really, really well. So when I brought this up to Alan Cosgrove, he mentioned, you know, a lot of coaches out there don't have, they've never experienced what a client has gone through. They've never hired someone to help them from a vulnerable state from point A to point Z and be successful at it, right? Like, it's really easy to be like, oh, okay, then I'm going to hire a coach to help me with my deadlift. Yeah, but it might not transfer over because you hire this coach. The coach says you need to do X, Y, and Z each and every week, and I'm going to check in on you. And as a coach, you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. No problems you're not facing what a regular person would face. So then I started really thinking about this and you know, I thought that I had the upper edge because I used to be overweight. I used to feel what clients would feel. I would, you know, be ashamed to go out in public. I would feel horrible comparing myself to others when I didn't look like anybody else that was relatively fit. And now because I got over that, I thought I always thought that I had this edge to better communicate, better connect with the client that I'm trying to help. So I was like, okay, well, what can I do to put myself into a vulnerable position and get coached out of that to, you know, kind of get over whatever I'm dealing with. And and I actually honestly don't know where I'm going to go with this, but my initial thought was like, you know, I've always been thinking about I should go to therapy, you know, hire a psychologist and see what we dig up, what's the major underlying issue of how I work and how to kind of overcome those issues. 
And the reason why I thought about this is because that's like the most vulnerable thing I could do and then eventually speak on my experience, write about my experience to fully understand what a client would be going through when they're trying to lose weight. Now, this would be almost like a challenge to every coach listening out there to put just just think about the most vulnerable thing in your life and see if you can actually, you know, put it out there and try to overcome it. And then thinking about that, that's what clients go through every single day. You know, they wake up and they're like, oh shit, I have the gym today. I have a million things I need to take care of and I have to deal with this thing at work and I have to go home and deal with blah, blah, blah. And at the same time, you have a coach that might not understand what they're going through in their life telling them that, you know, you're just being lazy. You just need to push through. You need to go do it. That might not be the best approach. So now thinking about your most vulnerable thing in your life, if you had someone in your life saying that, oh, you're just being lazy and there's something wrong with you, just like go do it, you'd kind of be like, oh, fuck off. Like I don't, <laughs> that's, that's not how it's going to go. So my whole thing and what I'm going to dive into next is to look for a therapist and really put myself in the most vulnerable position and try to work through my shit just so I can better understand what the people I'm training are going through. And I think this is kind of like next level stuff when it comes to coaching, you know, and even like young coaches this might sound stupid but this is what's gonna take you to the next level and all the you know fitness enthusiasts that listen to the show that may be looking for a coach this is what I've been kind of preaching the last year on this podcast is that there's some certain requirements of a coach you should kind of look for and my big one was you know find a coach that's bleeding passion like they will do whatever it takes to make you successful but then also ask like what are they doing for personal development and I truly believe that personal development is so big like coaches don't need to constantly be reading books on training they should be also reading on stuff that will you know help them just become a better human being and also that helps with you know life experience but there's ways to make that come by faster right if you're actually taking the time to dive into stuff that you don't know that might sound hokey or like stupid but they will give some sort of benefit so all the clients out there or people that are looking to hire coaches like ask them you know, like, what are you kind of working through right now? And that's kind of one of the questions I ask my guests on my show, like these successful coaches and business owners, you know, what are they struggling with? And you'd be surprised that, you know, all these coaches, they're not perfect people. They have their own shit that they're trying to get through. And the key is to see if they're actually willing to let that vulnerability out and work on it. So, kind of random thoughts but I think this is kind of the next level stuff to kind of separate the rep counter coach to the coach that's going to take you to places in your life that you would never imagine so 
I'm kind of curious to see if I can get any feedback or thoughts on this topic from you guys listening. So feel free to reach out and let me know what your thoughts are and kind of start this conversation and kind of, you know, push it into the industry and see what happens. So I'm going to leave it off at that and uh, more interviews to come. Please share this podcast and uh, we'll chat again next week. All right, you guys, that's going to wrap up this episode. And I'm currently standing in my condo that I'm waiting for a flooring guy to come in because if you haven't followed my stuff online lately, back in December, our place got completely flooded And today is March 3rd, and our place is nowhere near being done, so we can move back in. So I'm here waiting for a guy to meet and measure our flooring for new floors. And I was like, well, I can't miss, you know, getting this episode together. So I have to bring my laptop and my stuff in this empty, empty space that is now lost as a memory of my home. But you know what? Let's uh, let's cheer this up a little bit. <laughs> Thank you for listening, you guys. You guys have no idea how important it is to see so many people listening to the show and worldwide. Not even just local, just worldwide. You guys are the reason why I do this podcast. And let me like be clear. I've had so many people reach out, companies wanting to advertise on my show. And sure, I would get an advertiser, but a lot of these companies have nothing to do with fitness and health. Like nothing, nothing. So I'm literally turning down money that I could be making, but I'd rather have full control of my show, bring you the best fitness and health advice out there and help you towards your goal. And all I ask in return is if you can just share this podcast, send the link to somebody, share it on your social media, and just, you know, hopefully maybe I get one new person listening and that could be literally the tipping point for them to, you know, get onto their health and fitness and move better, feel better, and just be better. So please, please, please share this podcast and hit the show notes, add me on Facebook, add me on Instagram, send me a message, and also subscribe to my YouTube channel. That's it for me. Until next time, you guys.